0: You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, sex and relationship advice you can use tonight.
1: Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast and today we are about to head out on the Desire Cruise.
0: That's right, we're hitting the Greek Isles, we're hitting Turkey, you're going to make a cruise sound?
1: No, I'm I'm so much more mature than that. Don't can, you know me better? I can see you preparing.
0: <laughs> Why does your boat sound like a donkey?
1: I don't know, it just does.
0: If I heard that sound, I'm not getting on the boat. Yeah, okay. So, pretty excited. This is, I don't know, is this our sixth Desire Cruise?
1: I believe that it is.
0: We've been on pretty much all of them except the ones over New Year's because... Because that's our week off and every time we're on board I'm collecting information not necessarily data but people's insights and experiences because it's just such a broad range of guests here so there are around 700 people on board there are 44 countries represented I don't have the breakdown of this specific cruise but from the last one a few months ago from that I know that there were of the 700 around 300 Americans 50 Canadians 57 Seven Mexicans, a handful from India, 16 Brazilians, another handful of Colombians, around 100 from Europe when I kind of...
1: Oi! yeah,
0: Okay, that's the UK. (laughs) They
1: brexited. I did did. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. They brexited. I also did the German though, or maybe it was Austrian. Actually, UK is
0: a big contingent. I don't know why I didn't write them down, but there's a good number from the UK. Oi! Folks from New Zealand, Singapore, South Africa, Taiwan, a nice contingent from Central and South America. So I, you know, met Chileans, Costa Ricans, Ecuadorians, Venezuelans, a handful from Lebanon. I met a mm-hmm. couple from Korea. And so and there's a, there's kind of a broad age range, right? There I think there might be a couple who are quite young in their twenties, but just like a handful of, let's be honest, women.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's any guys agree. in their twenties,
0: yeah. then a handful in their thirties, many in their forties and then a bunch in their 50s and beyond. And so for me, there's just so much learning here because people hail from all over the world. They come on this cruise for so many different reasons. You know I've spoken about this before, that yes, it's clothing optional in certain areas. Yes, it's erotic themed. Yes, there are very interactive workshops and there's even a playroom should you decide to partake as a couple. And That doesn't mean that everybody's in an open or consensually non-monogamous relationship. It doesn't mean that everyone's swingers. I would say it's in the 50-50 range. But I think there are more people who are joining us who aren't in the quote unquote lifestyle.
1: I think that there's an expectation that you walk in and people are swinging naked from a chandelier. And in but fact, I am
0: the only one swinging yeah, you, naked that's, from that's the chandelier. Only just Only because none of them can climb like it's I just can. just you. My greatest strength is I'm part monkey. That's
1: your, that's your super skill?
0: Yeah, I can pick up anything with my toes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just as long as you don't touch them. That's all. That's don't, fine.
0: Don't touch my toes? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've been chatting with couples over the years and I always keep track. You probably see I I post on Instagram sometimes. And I wanted to go through some of the top lessons and tips along with action items from the couples that we meet along the way. And I have a very deep Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) Actually, it's a Google worksheet of all of these tips. So we're just going to go through eight of them today that kind of stood out for me and maybe are a bit relevant to us why, why I'm drawn to them.
1: Yeah. I mean I think all of these tips that we that you've collected over the years, all this information is super valuable. And I I find that we do pull pull from it at times, different times, different scenarios, and just pulling the information. It's For great. sure.
0: I definitely pull more from the people I meet and the people I hear from than I ever do from just studies or research. So yeah, there's there's definitely something there. And the other day I was at a football game. Football. And one of the, one of the guys there asked, you know, what is the key to a happy relationship? And of course, when you're put on the spot, you want to answer. And there are things that come to my mind to kind of top the list for happy relationships, but it's just, it's like a recipe. You need so many different parts, right? You can't just have strong communication. You can't just have, you know, a hot sex life. You can't just have forgiveness and fun. You have to have so many moving pieces. And of course, love, love at the core of all of it. So these are specific tips and I'm going to try and pull out what I see as the actions we can all take to actually put these into practice. So here we go. Number one, and I remember the guy who said this to me, and I may have even brought this up in the past, but I remember where I was sitting. I remember the red wine I was drinking when this guest shared the fact that they really overhauled their lives to live intentionally not habitually.
1: Mm, What if you love habitual exercises?
0: Well, I think the point is not to do things out of habit alone, for sure, create habits if they're useful to you, but really identify what matters to you and make more time and space to prioritize those things. And you and I are at this ah, pivotal point. I think in our lives, going through some really major transitions having to do with The biggest part of our life, right? Where we live and how we live. And I can't say too much more because I truthfully need to talk to my parents (laughs) about a few things before I go announcing to everyone else before we make these changes. But these changes that we're looking to make or that we're kind of halfway through making by accident, maybe not as intentional as we could have been, but now we're getting intentional, they are rooted in this lesson to live intentionally, not habitually. Uh, You know, I think we were going through the motions for a while there. And not that we weren't loving life and having a great time, but we had a Life-changing conversation with a friend of ours, and I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this as well. Jackson in a park in July of 2020, and it changed. The, I think the trajectory of our lives, and it's changed all of our relationships around us even if it hasn't actually i can't say it hasn't changed ours because it has changed ours i think for the better and i think we're being a lot more intentional now
1: yeah i don't think at the time i would have assumed that or i would have thought that i was being intentional with my my thought processes but there was a couple of things that i remember number one that the conversation was it forced me to be reflective and then number two for me i had time To think about these things. And I think that that was something that really resonated where it was like, okay, I had this great conversation that got me excited and introspective. And then I had time after to really reflect on it, which under normal circumstances, I don't. Like, I feel like I don't have time.
0: Well, I think that's one of the lessons we can all draw out of the pandemic is that we all said that, oh, we had time to do this and that for better or for worse. And when it was for the better, I always ask couples, well, what's the lesson you take away from that? And they're like, oh, after the pandemic, we need to continue to make time. <laughs> and so I know there's you know varied data in terms of whether or not relationships were richer or more challenging during the pandemic in terms of intimate family relationships and partner relationships. But what I heard from my clientele, because my clientele pretty much 95% of them own or run businesses. You've got one partner who is often either away at work or on the road. It was the first time they were at home together for Mm -hmm. prolonged periods of time Mm -hmm. without distractions and without excuses. And overall, and it's not 100% across the board, but actually I think it was in the 70th percentile range because I was lucky I was doing Zoom events so we could ask people anonymously how they were feeling in their relationships. And around 70% were reporting that they felt stronger than ever. And when we dug into the why, it really was around while we're making more time, not only time for each other, but time for ourselves, time to be alone, and also time to just observe one another and, and appreciate everything that the partner does to keep that household, that family, that relationship running. So to go back to living intentionally as opposed to habitually, I think we need to make time for that, for sure, but I also think it's sometimes easier said than done for those of us who may be inclined, for example, for me, to do what our families want us to do, or our parents want us to do, or what our sociocultural roles dictate to some degree, and... I'm sure, you know, if you don't know me, you're probably thinking, well, you're a sexologist, so you can't possibly be following the traditional path, but that's not true in the way I live with my family. And so I really, I often don't even know what I want. I often just do what is going to make other people happy or upset them the least. And it's something I'm working on with my amazing therapist, shout out to Carla, (laughs) to really even identify what it is I want. So how do you even get intentional if you've never made, I guess, the habit, the effort, or had the permission to ask yourself what you want? How can I be intentional if I'm just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. So what I take away from this message, from this this guy who shared it, which really belongs in a t-shirt, I think, <laughs> is that it can be really helpful to sit down and break down your day, your month, your year, And ask yourself, what do I want to be doing and what's on my list that I don't want to be doing? And you just did this with me the other day. We were talking about our day and you're like, do you want to be doing any of these things? And my answer was no to so many of those things. And now some of those things you can't change, right? You have some commitments you have to follow through on. You can't just, most people can't just quit their jobs or, you know, leave their kids at home alone. But what I did was go through that list and say, okay, so what can I change? What's holding me back from changing these things too, right? Like for me, it's my struggle to say no. Mm -hmm. It's the fear of disappointing. It's the fear of anybody, even a stranger in a far off land being upset at me. So I went through and I've needed to solicit help to live intentionally. Like some, I've had you helping me out. I will hand stuff off to staff where I know they'll be able to say no more effectively Mm -hmm. than I will. So what can you change to be more intentional if you look at your day, your month, And your year and what can't you change, right? There's some things we can't change. So how can we respond to maybe reduce what we see as a burden or as as a stress? And we didn't, we just went through our day, but I think it would be kind of cool for us to look ahead at the next month or even just till the end of the year for us. I know everybody's Mm -hmm. schedules are a little bit different, but I would love to look through and say, you know, what do I really want to do? Because I'm already thinking of something in October where we have to kind of rearrange our schedules a little bit and it's not around what I want. So we need to sit Mm. down and talk about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, there are things that you're not going to be able to change, but focus on things that I can change in my life. And then when I start thinking about those, it's like, yeah, just being comfortable. Also disappointing others saying no, like Mm. setting, I'm not going to, you know, a personal boundary where it's like, I'm choosing not to do this. And disappointing somebody for not doing it. But hey, that speaks to what you said about living in with with intention. Yeah,
0: that's hard for people pleasers. Yeah,
1: that's really hard. I'm, you know, right now thinking about it is makes it like it can be difficult.
0: It's also hard, I think, when you have habits that you depend on, or these habits kind of reduce anxiety around hot thought issues. I know that's a much bigger topic to get into. And of course, like where you are in life and the different privileges you have really affect what you can and can't change because we have different levels of responsibility. But I love that. Live intentionally, not habitually. Thank you for that one. Next, we have a light one, an easy one. And this this is something that comes up with so many couples, happy couples. I mean, these couples are making the time to spend a week together in an environment that is exciting, that can be titillating, that can be uncomfortable, that is all new, that can be scary.
1: You know I want to say the word titillate again.
0: Oh, you like (laughs) yes yes there might be
1: i did i thank you thank you for that
0: there you go Uh, but what they say is play prioritize fun and laugh and create harmless secrets so harmless secrets was one that kept Mm. coming up Uh, and this comes from a couple who shared their they didn't actually share their album but they shared the existence of an album called boobs around the world and it's a photo album on his phone and he takes pics of her flashing him on their travels in kind of like dangerous places where you're not flashing other people, although it's just a breast. Brandon has breasts. I have breasts. She has breasts. And then they kind of go back them back to those photos to recall fond and saucy memories when they're back home in their daily routine. Because when you make the time and you have the privilege to go on vacation, of course, it's easy to like enjoy each other's company or easier, not always easy, and have more sex and be more excited. And then you go back home to your routine and it's like you never even skipped a beat right
1: and they were also saying that they were doing them in places where it was risky but they weren't doing it um you know without in like a public environment it was like they were doing it in the restaurant of a michelin-starred uh sorry in the bathroom of a michelin-starred restaurant or something like that yeah and
0: like down a a secret laneway so they're having fun with it and it's something secretive and that that makes sense to me so I, i remember reading research i don't have the actual study but on the fact that inside jokes can Mm -hmm. help you to feel connected to a partner or a friend. And I think, you know, we have a lot of those. And I've noticed, you want to know, I I was thinking about how we laugh together so much. And you've been doing your little T-Rex that makes me laugh.
1: Also known as the B-Rex. The B-Rex, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're
0: such losers. If we had kids, they'd hate us. They would hate us, yeah. But I also noticed we've been laughing more, like joking around a little bit more in other places. Like, in bed a little bit.
1: Oh, have we? I didn't even know. I mean, I'm super funny. So, you know, it's hard for me to know when I'm not being funny Uh because I'm always funny. Oh my God,
0: Lord help me. (laughs) So I just think that's an important reminder to and Brandon speaking, no, just kidding, (laughs) to really think about how can we inject more play and how can we lighten the mood? Because I know in our, in our circumstance, like we have so much to have fun with, so much to be thankful for. And sometimes it's just so easy to get caught up in, in burden and in things that are heavy. So if you're feeling like you're caught under something heavy, what can you do to lift yourself out? And what can you do to lift, uh, you know, a loved one out, a partner out as well? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so have fun, play and have those like secret saucy things. Do we have anything secret and saucy? We have literally no secrets left. Yeah, I
1: don't know the we <laughs> We
0: share way too much.
1: I mean, I think that we're always kind of challenging and and testing each other with, you know, saucy. You're going gonna to build on that saucy ideas, fantasies, things like that. But I don't think that we necessarily have any activities that I'm we,
0: gonna make a butts around the world. Butts i around on the this world. on this cruise. Butts in Greece. Okay. Number three, I really appreciated this piece of advice. And this was to plan regularly for your relationship. So you can't control everything, but take some time to ask your partner what they want out of the next year or two. Whoa. A year or two sounds really far right now for me. I think time that has does. changed, but um, they said do what you can to support them and make it happen. And actually I think this goes really hand in hand with living intentionally, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to habitually. And I love this cause I have an easy exercise because this is how I open some of my couples' workshops with a relationship inventory and a preliminary relationship plan. The inventory, basically, you know, it's a worksheet that asks what your partner is doing well in this relationship, like what you appreciate about them, mm-hmm. what you're doing well together, and what your strengths are as a couple. So I like to kind of start with that foundation of we've got this good stuff going. Mm-hmm. And then the preliminary plan, which oftentimes we revisit at the end of the two-day session so that we can you know make adjustments or make additions. The preliminary relationship plan asks... What do you want to keep doing that you're already doing and how do we make sure we keep that going? What do you want more of in your relationship? What can you do to get more of this thing and what can you ask of your partner? So actually you and I could go through and give this one a try on a, on a future podcast, but I like the idea of planning and it doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't have to be looking at a year or two, but even just to ask like, what do you want for this week? What do you want to get out of this week? And especially, you know, for many of us, and I know everyone's on different schedules if you have kids, but for many of us, it's kind of that last week of summer before everything turns (laughs) and the, you know, the wild schedules return. So I love that one to plan. Number four, get naked when you can. And they say it feels so good to just be in your skin, no judgment, no labels, no pressure. All of these beginnings are verbatim. And of course, this makes sense. We have all these benefits of nudity when they study nudism, you know, being more present, feeling better in your body, having more positive body image, fostering more genuine connections, uh, sensuality in your skin. And I don't mean that in a sexual or erotic way, just being more connected to your body. And so
1: have you noticed that I've been walking around naked a little more frequently? You
0: have. I'm
1: just hanging out.
0: I thought that was for me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's for me
0: i thought it was because we're finally empty nesters honestly
1: yeah that's a part of it for sure but i will say it does feel good breeze between my knees yeah yo. you
0: like that? oh
1: yeah feels okay. so good
0: so that's the challenge walk around naked for five minutes sit and work naked cook naked yeah, try no, a I'm naked not activity do that.
1: oils you know burning
0: you don't, you don't cook
1: i'm just saying okay i wouldn't want that to happen no
0: true 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 you can make a salad or your specialty you could pour a bowl of cereal naked
1: i i could i will take on that challenge i'll live intentionally
0: (laughs) (laughs) number five put the same effort you put into planning vacations outfits kids schedules and football pools into your relationships Hmm. plan make time be flexible make changes celebrate everything because life is short that's a quote yes, as well. Is. Heck yeah, I love this. Uh, my most popular program is my marriage as a business program. And I think I have a podcast on the topic, but I, I think it might just be in like a corporate drive. But I'll see if I can release it as well or even just record a version of it. But the gist is basically, use your planning, leadership, collaborative, team building, strategic skills you've learned from work and apply them to your relationship. Not the exact same way, okay? With nuance, because it's a different type of organism than a business but you know think about all the things we do in business like don't just invest in the startup phase of a relationship aka the wedding make some sort of a plan which we just spoke about be formal about the way you collaborate and check in give feedback give praise be flexible, I just posted about this on Instagram, adapt to the circumstances. If you do not do those things in business, you're done.
1: I was waiting for be flexible to be one of your points. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't, I was going to say that's for me something that I think we've discussed before, but like the importance of being flexible, at least in our relationship. I find it very, very helpful. I think I used to be very rigid in certain aspects. And then I started questioning, why am I being so rigid? Like, what is it about this routine or this thing that I must do? And when I couldn't come up with a logical answer, I was like, then I should maybe be more receptive to the idea and being more receptive to the idea has opened up so many new opportunities, so much more fun. Um, it's just, it, it's a for me, it's a nicer way to live.
0: You know, it's interesting because routine has come up a couple times in this conversation and you're somebody who enjoys routine and I'm someone who actually I feel allergic to routine I, and neither of those is right or wrong. We have to figure out what works for each of us. And then if you're going to live together, you hopefully find pleasure in the other person's needs or even idiosyncrasies. I think you probably have to deal with <laughs> in my case, but I think that it's always about finding that balance where mm-hmm. there isn't the judgment and I will admit at times when you were leaning into routine or asking for more routine because I was interrupting it, I I admit, like I would be irritated and maybe judgmental. And I had to kind of stop myself and be, and remember that, listen, the way my brain is wired is different than the way your brain is wired. Very, and I mean that literally, that's just not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got this special brain going on over here. And if you did things the way I did them, it would be a disaster and vice versa. Like I would not be able to do the things you do. And I'm sure you wouldn't want to do the things I do. So yeah, that flexibility is, is so, so important. So I love the idea of, you know what, if you have the energy to put into vacations, into what you wear, into your kids, you know, taking them to football or soccer, if you have time to work on a sports pool, if you, you can make time for the relationship and you can put mm-hmm. the effort in and yeah, I'll see if I can release that marriage as a business podcast. I can't remember if it was supposed to be just private or not, but I love it. I, and I, the challenge here, cause I want to kind of give you an action item for each of these tips, is to think about something that you're really good at at work that maybe you don't utilize or tap into or excel at in the relationship. I'm thinking of mine. I mean, I know some of mine, <laughs> like immediately. Like, for example, the patience that I extend to people I work with I don't necessarily always extend to you like we ran into an issue the other day <laughs> where I, you had to sort of call me out and uh, I find this really helpful because again my, most of the clients I'm working with are running businesses that they're like oh yeah I can definitely apply that because it's it's a model that you're used to in an environment that you already thrive so if you feel like you're thriving in business but not thriving in the home if you can take a skill set or an approach or a system that works in, an, in a comfortable space you can bring it into a space that feels perhaps at this time more challenging.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. Uh, Don't ask me what skills I'm bringing in, but I'll think about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. And for everyone, yeah, think about something you're really good at outside the relationship and how your relationship might benefit from cultivating that or bringing it in there. Okay. This is a recent one from a couple we just spoke to because we did some pre-cruise programming. And he says, every single time you feel conflict or an argument coming on, stop and ask yourself, is it worth it? Ask yourself if pushing back against this person is really necessary, or can you just let it go or laugh it off? And then he adds, when I look at my wife, I just melt. So it's no surprise conflicts are fewer and far between. And even when we argue, we're able to laugh together. So I love this. I'm thinking I should get a sticky note and just write, is it worth it? At certain times when I know I'm more testy.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also hard to constantly be thinking like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? But I think it's more of a, a bigger picture idea, right? Where, listen, you're still, we're still going to have arguments. We're still going to get into heated conversations. But for me, it's during that conversation when I'm really starting to dig in or when I'm really getting um, irritated or whatever, that's when I need to start questioning, is it worth it? Hmm. Or can I just ease up a little bit, right? And that, that to me ties in with that. Is it? really worth it because i think in a year a month 10 years 20 years 50 years is this conversation that i'm so hung up on is it going to be worth
0: it oh yeah i guess it's like my 99 rule will i care about this when i'm 99 or can i just let this stupid issue go yeah
1: and it doesn't mean that i need to to capitulate to whatever it is you're saying but it's like do i need to hold on to whatever it is i'm so hung up on Mm -hmm. here and maybe be a little bit more um understanding of what you're going through, or maybe listen a little bit more carefully to how you're feeling or what you're thinking and try to understand. So, yeah.
0: I think, um, I get hung up on principle. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm fighting about something small. And I'm like, but it's the principle of the matter. And I could just let it go.
1: Yeah. But again, it, it it's, this goes back to what I was saying. It's like, okay, yeah, you could always do this or do that, but it's just like, is this really worth what we're, what we're investing into it?
0: Well, therapists will sometimes give you like a code word to when you're in the middle of a conflict. Oklahoma. <laughs> What's Oklahoma That's from? Ted Lasso, man. What is it? What does he say?
1: You have to give the nothing but the honest truth, oh, right. of whatever it is you're feeling. Right. So if somebody says Oklahoma and they call you out on it, it's like, well, do you really want to go to, like, do you want to go out for dinner tonight? And you're like, yes. And then the other person goes, Oklahoma. And you're like, no, I don't want to go. I want to sit in bed and eat pizza and like lounge around to do nothing. Oklahoma. But what's the question? I
0: don't know. How are you feeling right now? Oklahoma.
1: A little anxious. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because people are listening to this intimate conversation that we're having, sharing what we're thinking and feeling
0: i wonder too if it's because we're physically uncomfortable it's like 63 percent humidity in here yeah it's
1: <laughs> it, it, it's legitimately 40 degrees i'm wet like it's, it's like i'm sweating it's very warm yeah. yes
0: <laughs> oh 40 degrees by the way that's celsius celsius yeah so,
1: so times two plus 30 so you know it's a hundred and something yeah it's a like, hundred and, and like eight
0: okay well, we can talk about that after okay let's get through these last few and then you and i can chat
1: do you want me to b rex it?
0: No. No. We're really
1: take a photo of this.
0: Brennan likes to put his hands on his chest. Like a
1: T-Rex, man. Against his
0: nipples like he's a T-Rex. And his hands are so big, they do look like a T-Rex. And
1: then try to do things when you do that. Like try to have a glass of water.
0: I don't know why. Because it's <laughs> hilarious.
1: Things. Stop. It's hilarious.
0: Until you spill the water.
1: It's super funny.
0: Okay, number seven. I appreciate this this piece of advice. Don't wait till you're older. And this person says, live now, don't wait. Travel, play. Get the kids a sitter because decades will fly by and I wish we had really started living years ago. And this was a conversation actually around the lifestyle. So they had joined the lifestyle a lot later than they might have if they had taken the time and given themselves permission and not worried so much about what other people think. But I think this advice applies more broadly. So I was thinking, what is something that you're waiting to do that you could do right now or at least start right now? Not in business like in life, in relationships? Turn on the air conditioning. No, that's <laughs> going to wreck our sound. No, really, is there anything you think you're waiting to do in life? I know we just took like a big oh, this plunge. Is,
1: this is a big question. I feel like I, I need a few minutes to think about it, but um, I, I wanted, before I answer this question, just also recognize that this, you know, living now and traveling and doing all these things also is something that certain people can do. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. And not everybody can, but I think there's there's even little things that you can be doing, like going for a hike, going for like just doing something. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the idea of living now because, you know, tomorrow, a month from now isn't promised.
0: Right. And I think so many of us are caught up in you know, I think tying our identity and our self-worth to productivity. So if we don't do something. (laughs) yeah, 100%. (laughs) So if you don't work on the house, if you don't clean something, if you don't build something, if you're not making money, if you're not building your business, if you're not doing something for me, if you're not running errands for my dad, you're not worthy. Whereas you could also just sit and enjoy or do something you like. Like when I, when I think about what's something you want to do that you're holding off doing, I, my first thought goes to business. And that really reminds me that I got to refocus. So do I. And uh, there is something that I want that I haven't asked for.
1: Okay, shoot. No, Oklahoma. I'm not no? saying it now. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'll so, give you your Oklahoma after. Okay. But uh, I'm not super comfortable, but I'll, I'll share it with you later today.
1: I, I just thought of something. And for me, it's just taking a break, it's stopping. Like if you ask me what I really want, I, I want to stop for three days, a week. And, you know, not answer emails, not answer phone calls, not do anything.
0: Have you, when's the last time you went 48 hours without answering emails?
1: 48 hours? I can't remember the last time. 2006 I, probably. When we got married. Yeah. Like I can't, I don't think there's been a day and I, I'm not, it's not a complaint. It's just a statement of fact. I think since we got married, there hasn't been a day where I haven't answered an email or returned a phone call. And that's just the nature of my business. But it also, when and I the think And the marriage about thing
0: that, was because we were away and there were yeah. no smart, were there smartphones in 2006?
1: Yeah, there. I don't know. Actually, I think there might have been cell phones and beepers. I don't think there were smart like smartphones. No,
0: because I remember renting a cell phone when we got to the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So yeah, it was just a. Ma- it had nothing to do with the wedding. It's just that you were off that week. Yeah,
1: it just couldn't get a hold of me.
0: And you haven't ever done that since nope. then. And nope. then the world has changed so that yeah. you're connected and people expect things of you. But be honest, could you take forty eight hours off?
1: thinking about it makes me anxious.
0: Would it be okay if you did, though?
1: Absolutely, it would. Nothing would be wrong.
0: Could you take a week off?
1: I could. Makes me more anxious.
0: Are you okay? You're getting sweatier. I'm
1: getting sweatier than I already am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) 60-something percent humidity, 100 degrees, and I'm telling you to take time off. Well, that's something I think to explore, especially because in light of that advice, don't wait until you're older because I just feel like time flies. Oh,
1: wow, so much.
0: So we're going to be...
1: Uh, yeah, I don't even know what, what to
0: say, like 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, all those years. Okay. So yeah, for everyone to maybe just think about something you're waiting to do that you could start right now and how can you chip away at it, even if it's not for Brandon, for example, a week off might not seem reasonable, but maybe you try 24 hours mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you try 48 and see yeah. how it goes. Okay. We'll talk about that after. I don't know if you want my support on that or not.
1: Yeah,
0: always. <laughs> I don't know. I might harass you. Okay. The last one for Jay, I have a longer list, but I'm going to stop at eight. And maybe we can do a part two. And this is an interesting one. This one is share in sexual initiation. Don't leave seduction to one partner alone because the desire to feel desired is universal. And it's true. Couples who have more satisfying relationships both in and out of the bedroom ensure that expressions of love and affection and sexual desire flow in both directions. And so I know I don't initiate sex as much as you do.
1: Do you want me to do a little B-Rex no. sexy dance? Do
0: you want, Yeah, you and I can talk about this privately, but if you are one of those people like me who probably knows... That you don't initiate much um, think about whether you can try it push through the fear of rejection be imperfect be sloppy be messy you don't have to be a master seducer to
1: have fun with it laugh yeah. like you said earlier yeah right? and
0: and talk about it maybe your partner doesn't mind that you don't initiate as much but generally we know that sharing in any sort of bid or expression for love and connection not just sexual is important in relationships i agree Yeah. And it can't fall on one partner to even, even when we think about initiation more broadly, it can't fall on one partner to initiate important conversations. Mm -hmm. It can't, it's not great when it falls on one partner to initiate emotional connection, to initiate spending time together, right? You don't want to feel like you're chasing after someone.
1: Well, I feel you know, as you're saying all these things, I'm reflecting on all the points throughout our relationship when I didn't do these things. And then there just came a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to start taking responsibility. And I still haven't taken responsibility for all of them, but certain aspects of our lives, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step up. I'm like going to book something.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: with sex, I do. But there were also periods of time in this relationship where I didn't initiate as much and you initiated more. Hmm. And
0: I don't remember that.
1: I I do remember it. And I just, there were ebbs and flows. And again, it speaks to all of these pieces of advice that were given today, like applying them to to your relationship. It's like, being flexible, having fun, you know, living with intention, like all of these things, I can start them right now. That's the wonderful thing. I don't need to wait until tomorrow. I can go home tonight and I can initiate sex with you. I can plan a meal. I can plan a date, a vacation. I can make a schedule. All of these things are at my fingertips.
0: Right. You can bring levity. You can sit down and kind of... I mean, I can't
1: bring any more levity. I'm so funny. It's just... (sighs) Lord help
0: me. Uh, So, okay, we're going to leave you with those eight tips and eight action items. So hopefully you will think about, you know, the next day, the next month, the next year, what do you really want? What do you not want? And what changes can you make? Can you inject some play and fun into your relationship and levity? Can you make a little bit of a plan for the relationship? You know, what you're doing well, what you want more of and what you can do about it. Can you get naked? Can you put the effort in and use your skills from other realms, perhaps business or another realm in the relationship? Can you ask yourself if conflict is worth it when you feel it arising? And can you use cues? Like for me, I was actually just thinking, I'm going to put a sticky note on my, uh, in the, bo- in the <laughs> this is embarrassing and it shouldn't be, but in the drawer where my tampons are, where my stuff is, because that's the time when I tend to be most snappy and kind of lean into conflict. So I think I need that little reminder to myself. I definitely don't need you to leave me that <laughs> reminder, but I'm going to put a little <laughs> sticky note. And then finally, can you think about something you've been waiting to? do that you could start now? And can you think about how you can initiate more love, more affection, or just share in that initiation with your partner? Not every single one of these will necessarily be relevant to you, but if you can just pick one, I think uh, I think it's worth it. A little bit of effort and hopefully um, some really significant outcome. All right. Well, we are setting sail very soon. So, we are pre recording because we won't have the access to everything we need on the ship, but we're going to have a great one in Greece and Turkey. And I hope you have a great one wherever you're at. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast Improve Your Sex Life, Improve Your Life.